I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 6, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we're starting to get a little bit of a messy chart going on. I'm going to explain this convergence of trend lines down below, and then we're going to discuss and begin to take off some stuff on top. There's a lot going on, obviously. I want to review everything. I've got a laundry list of notes. If we get through half of them, you're going to be doing fantastic. The problem is I forget to look back at the paper as I'm blabbering on. But today, I'm going to try and stay to the program because there's a lot of important things going on and you need to know everything that I'm seeing. So before we get rolling, let me first thank everybody for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction and I especially love the banter back and forth. If you think this is worthy content, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Here's how we're going to approach this. So we're going to actually start at the weekly chart and work backwards to give you what I'm seeing, what I'm looking at in the market. We're going to go in both directions. We're going to work backwards and then we're going to go up and down the line. We're going to look at a lot of different charts because I've got to show you the reasoning behind this stuff. Otherwise, it makes no sense. You have to understand the why behind everything I'm looking at, seeing, doing, yada, yada, yada. And I'm pretty sure it's been quite a while since I said yada, yada, yada. Here's the weekly chart. Why do I bring up the weekly chart? Well, the important weekly close, which is very, very interesting. Let's kind of do a little bit of a refresher. So we said that this breakdown candle high, which came in at 280.40, was extremely important to close above. So last week's close happened to be 280.42. That was last Friday. We talked about it on Monday. So now the question becomes, is that a trick trap fool and frustrate and it was just, we're kidding, it was a fake out, we're going back down for good, or is it a tip off? Now this is the trick trap fool and frustrate and they're going to actually go higher after a pullback. I realize everybody has their own ideas, their own biases. I'm just laying both cases out there and we'll see which one ends up taking hold, but they're both possible Rest assured. So for now, we're going to remove the 280.40. We know about it. If it comes relevant again, meaning we recapture that on the upside, let's say, for example, we close the week, some miracle happens, and Friday's close, all of a sudden we rally Thursday and Friday, and we close above 280.40. What do you think that that would say for the market going forward over the next several days or even week or so? That would be extremely bullish is that going to happen i don't know we'll see what happens but right now we're going to take the 240 or the 280.40 off the chart it's in the interest of cleanliness and we're also going to take the 283 off the chart for the time being if we need to put it back later we may we'll see they came pretty close if they pull back a lot and then subsequently go higher that 283 will likely change anyway so we'll take it off in the interest of cleanliness 
All right, that's it for the weekly chart. Now what do we have? Let's go back to the daily and say, was the 4th of March a very, very important high? I know a lot of folks out there wanted to call it a reversal day. And technically speaking, at least the way I look at the market, it wasn't a reversal candle. However, either way, the market's lower now, so it doesn't matter. What I was looking at, as you all know, was the 279.14. That's what was important to me, and we know what happened the day before yesterday, and we know what happened yesterday. And just as a refresher, here's the 10-minute chart, and you'll see here that yesterday they ran down to close below that level at the end of the day. Right down here, that's the last candle of the day. So you can see here, 1600 is 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So they ran down to close below that important level, the opposite of what happened the day before. The same 1600 on the 4th of March, just a couple of days ago. So back-to-back days. First, they run up to close above it. Then they run down to close below it. We talked about it last night. I didn't pound the table on it or anything because it was only by pennies, but apparently it was significant. 279.14 was and is important. How long have we been talking about the importance of 279.14? So it's still important, but let's go to where we are now. So what we said was, if we ended up going lower, what was the likely area of first support on the downside? The initial target, if you will, had to be Monday's low. So therefore, today's low was very, very close to Monday's low. So let's move the chart over and we'll talk numbers. So Monday's low happened to be 276.84, and the low today was 276.97. So that's really, really close. We didn't quite get there, and they ended up rallying the market right in front of that number. Now, the next thing that was important was really just below Monday's low, which is the bottom end of this range that we've been trading in since the last breakout. So that's where you have a gap, and I'll get to these lines in a moment. But what we also said yesterday was, if we're going to come down here, my expectation wasn't necessarily that the market would hold just below Monday's low because we already came down here to test that. Remember, we've been discussing or we discussed yesterday, we don't necessarily want sloppy seconds. That applies for the morning gap trades. That applies across the board. It applies in trading. Your first approach of a target is always the best opportunity for that target. As price bounces around and reaches a target a second, a third time, it diminishes the type of trade that was originally. So therefore, I'm not willing to participate at the low just beneath Monday's low, but what happens if the market did come down further? So therefore, I am maybe willing to participate, and these decisions have to get done in real time. That's why I said maybe, because I don't know what it's going to look like at the time. But right now, barring some kind of bloodbath that is possible, by the way, there always is a possibility for a bloodbath. There's no reason that the S&P can't be down 100 or even 120 handles in any single day. It's done it before. It can do it again Look where we were in December. Look where we are now. Realize that that's not normal and common market behavior. So for us to retrace a portion of that, it can certainly happen really, really quick. We've discussed that before. The point is, is that it's always possible. I've just been keeping you on the side of the current trend. 
all of a sudden, the character of the market changed today. So therefore, really, I guess it changed yesterday at the close. For me, closing below 279.14 was it. So now, the difference is, today the character changed, and that was an update that I put out to Inside the Number members early this morning. Well, it wasn't very early, but it was the midday update. We came out about 11.30, and I'll just summarize. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. We have too much to go through on the market, but the bottom line is, I indicated that there was a character change in the market. The short-term trend is now down. Started talking about numbers on the downside, also, we know what numbers on the upside will turn the short-term trend back to the bullish side. So as long as we have a handle on where the market is intraday, we can put trades on, we have targets, we can participate when the market is making a move. That's the entire point. And the whole idea here is, and it's everything that's taught in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course, is we're trying to remove the guesswork and we're adding back in a process when you add back a process, you're adding confidence, and that's the whole point. So we know the numbers, we know where the market turns bullish on the short term, where it turns bearish, we have targets. You have a roadmap, you have a schematic intraday, and you also have a schematic day-to-day -day by virtue of these videos put together with the course, and bar none, those traders that have both are doing pretty well. So let's get back to business. So... If the market does fall farther, we see right below price, we've got the 20 period moving average. So it's really just a stone's throw away, not a big deal. It also coincides roughly with Monday's low. It's a little bit beneath Monday's low, but you have to figure they're going to come in to touch or at least spike through the 20 period moving average. Now here's where things can get interesting. So let me give you the types of scenarios that are likely to play out. A, we could have a bloodbath and the market just gaps down and keeps going. That can happen any day from anywhere. So we'll put that aside. That's certainly possible. Whether it's probable or not is a whole different case, but it's always possible. So scenario number two is we wake up and the market's going higher. We know where the important price levels are in the upside. That would turn the short-term trend back to the upside. So that's fair. Inside the numbers, members will have those first thing in the morning. Regardless of which direction the market is going, they have the numbers. Now here's another scenario. The market comes down early. Maybe it's a smaller gap down. Maybe it just opens and trades down. We come into the 20 period moving average, which is also just beneath the lows that we've been discussing. So those lows are right over here. So actually the low is 276.13. So we'll use 276 as the number. So the 20 period moving average is 276.50. The lows over here are 276. So 276 under normal conditions, unless we're getting a bloodbath, should be somewhat supportive of the market. You have a 20, you have important round number, you have a fat round number of 276, and you have the level to which the market gapped up on the last breakout. So you would think normally 276 would be pretty important. For example, if we came down to 276 today, this afternoon or this morning, whatever it was, that would have been an opportunity. There's no two ways about it. Now, since we've come down a little bit, is it the same opportunity tomorrow? No, it's not the same coming from farther away, but it still may be an opportunity. You have to see it in real time. So here's the second part of that scenario. 
The second part of that scenario is the market finds some semblance of a low and begins to rally from that 20-period moving average. And you'll have traders that hop on board thinking that they just tested the 20-period moving average and then buying begets buying and you can write the rest of the script from there. Now let's do something else. So we've come up and now all of a sudden we come back down. Let's say we spike through the 20-period moving average and then we turn around. What will that be? Another pullback setting the stage for higher prices. The market wound up, tested the 20-period moving average, also known as home base, and then takes off again to the upside. Is that out of the realm of possibility? Of course not. The market's already done it on this rally two times. Can it do it a third time? And I guess you can even say it did it here, so maybe that's four. So yeah, one, two, three. This would be number four, can it do it, or does this fail and we come down much, much more? Just have to be aware of the possibilities. How will you know if that possibility is potentially playing out? Well, 276 would have to hold on hourly closes. That would have to happen. If you started trading below 276 and closing hourly below 276, what's going to happen? Likely, prices are coming down more. That's where these convergence of the next set of trend lines come in. Now, it doesn't have to be a straight shot down. I'm just trying to give you as many possibilities and as many numbers as possible. So watch this a couple of times. Take some notes because this is no joke. These numbers are real. So now let's talk about the next level down. So let's just say in this scenario or the next scenario, the market is coming down a lot more. It's someplace in between a bad day and a bloodbath. Well, you see obvious you have a gap. So the gap is 274.38, but there's going to be different support levels in between. There's other interesting and important numbers along the way. There always are. So for example, let's just say for argument's sake, we're looking at a daily chart and you see that gap, but all of a sudden after the fact, we say, well, the market came up short of that gap and then rallied from there, leaving everybody standing at the altar waiting for the gap to be filled. Why did that happen? I'm going to show you exactly why that happens sometimes. We don't look at this chart all that much, but I do. It's the 240-minute chart. Now, when I say I do, meaning I don't look at it all day long, but I know where it is every single day. I look at it a couple of times a day just to remind myself. Now, Here's an interesting scenario. There's another gap, and you can see it here. So that gap, as far as I'm concerned, is at 275.08. So I drew another trend line at 275.08. Now you'll notice that there's two more lines below that. We just discussed this. So you see there's one gap below, there's a half a day's chart gap above, and there's another one from a different time frame in between. So you can see now why the market has a tendency to come up short of what you might think or I might think or someone else might think is an important price level. It's because it went to an important price level on a different time frame and decided that's what it was going to do at that particular point in time and rally off of a gap or a pivot or whatever the case is. That's why you have to look at a variety of different time frames. Most traders don't do that.
Now, let's talk a little bit about the possibilities versus probabilities, likelihood, all that kind of stuff. So now the short-term trend is down, so we're likely headed to, just like before, a destination. Maybe Monday's high was the final destination. I'm aware of that. We've discussed that. We didn't know, or at least I didn't know, where the final destination was going to be. We have to wait for the market to just let us know where that is. Maybe Monday was the final destination. That's fine as far as I'm concerned. Remember, and I've said this for a long, long time, we haven't discussed it in a while. I think it's worth bringing up now. You don't always have to be the first person to the party to have fun. You just have to be there while everybody else is having fun, and that goes for shorting the market. So the reality is, is I know that there were a lot of traders that got frustrated for a long time trying to short this market while we were calling for higher prices. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to come around the top tonight and say, see, I told you so, but what they don't tell you is that they tried about a dozen times to short the market. Of course, one of them is going to work. My objective is not to try a dozen times. Once is good, twice I'm okay with, three times is quite enough. Not any more than that, and that's why I treat the market as I do. I only want to take the trades where I believe there's a high probability of success. Hopefully, all these things over time begin to sink in how I view the market, how I look at things. There's a lot of just common sense shoved in here. Let's talk just for a second about the bloodbath scenario. What happens if there is a bloodbath? And I'm not saying it has to happen in one day, but what happens if all of a sudden the market decides to just have a trap door open up and we go down and down and down? Maybe it's a 50, maybe it's a 75-point day on the S&P, maybe it's a 100-point day on the S&P. Something like that is always possible. What happens if? Well, the big fat round number of 270 Maybe it's 269 and a half, maybe it's 271, but in and around that neighborhood should be supportive of the market. So, if you're just watching and there's a bloodbath going on and price begins to approach the big fat round number of 270, understand that, and I'm telling you this, we're in the risk business, so it's from the perspective of the risk business, but I will be taking a trade on the long side if we got down to 270, I can say that with a pretty high degree of certainty regardless of what it looks like at the time, but understand that I'm willing to take on the risk. I would normally do it with options so I can limit my risk. I know exactly what the risk is, but I would be interested in a trade at 270. Might take a couple of days to take hold, but I would be interested at that price. Might not be interested in that price next Thursday, but I would be interested in that price tomorrow, Friday, in that kind of neighborhood. Might want to just jot that down. Again, that level, while it may work next Thursday or seven Thursdays from now, that's not what I'm saying. My interest is that price now, meaning the next couple of trading sessions. I may be interested in it later, but we'll talk about it later if that's the case. How about the IWM, my favorite market-leading indicator? Certainly leading the market to the downside, down 2%. That's a pretty big day, especially in comparison to the SPY, which was down about one-half of 1%, a little more than that. But still, it's a big, big stretch from about six-tenths of 1% in the spider all the way 
to 2% in the IWM. So that should be somewhat of a stop sign. And it was obviously the tell intraday also noted at 1130 in the update for inside the number members. So it was definitely leading the market down all day long. So look what's going on here and look where we're headed. So it's actually ahead of the spider. But what I want to show you is why was I bullish for as long as I was? Well, here it is. So we're in an uptrend and all we did here was go sideways, right? Until we broke down today. But under normal market conditions, right? Who's to say this wasn't going to go this way? Nobody's to say. You don't know because the same people that knew that the market was going to come down today were the same people that thought it was going to come down here. And they're the same people that thought it was going to come down here. Now watch this. Let me put this line back here. And this is really the same price level that corresponds with the same price we're coming down to the lower end of this range that we talked about in the spider. We're not there yet, but we're close. So here, as you can see in the IWM, the small caps were ahead of the game. They're leading the charge to the downside. So if you just look at it chart for chart and you were to overlay the spider on this, you would see that the IWM is certainly leading to the downside. So we have to take note of that. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece for sure. Where is it likely headed? 150, 151. It could get lower, but there will be support 150, 151. I have about 17 reasons why that will be the case. Could still be wrong, but that's my stance as it stands today. The other day, we took a look at the VIX. We saw that spike. That was Monday. And we said, well, we closed back below the 20-period moving average. Not we said, I said. We closed back below the 20-period moving average, and I said, well, it's still in a downtrend. Well, here we are today closing back above. So we'll see if it's as important as people would like to believe it is. We have to eclipse Monday's high, just as we have to eclipse Monday's low in the SPY or the S&P 500. If we do, this thing can take off to the upside. Let me show you a couple of other charts. How about the hourly chart? What do we have going here? So... It's kind of sloppy, but look what's going on here. So here's a breakup candle low. So we had a huge spike. The market came way down to test the low of the breakup candle. Not the low, but pretty close again. Did it twice. And then here we are taking off to the upside. So is this going to break out? Is this actually a pattern that's got a continuation to the upside in mind? Very, very possible. Interesting. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What do we see when we look at a 120-minute or two-hour chart? Well, it's likely the same thing, right? It's the same chart. It's the same vehicle. But you're just looking at it from a different perspective, and that looks bullish. That looks like this wants to take off to the upside. Can it fail? Yes. Where's the failure point? 15 bucks below $15 on two-hour closes, right? That's a 120-minute chart. So it's a candle closing below $15. The actual number is $14.92. What's going on over in the transportation department? My trend line disappeared somehow and it shifted and I tried to redraw it, but it doesn't quite look the same. But you can go back to yesterday or any video in the recent past and see the trend line. The point is that we broke below the trend line. It was something like this. And I don't remember exactly how it looked, I can go back to another video, but it was over here somewhere and the whole market shifted. So the trend line doesn't look like it did before. But the point is that we talked about the transports being a canary in the coal mine. 
They're always a canary in the coal mine. Not 100% of the time, but they're always a canary in the coal mine. It is fascinating. So look what happened. So the transports start to roll over. We flag it like three or four days in. And here they are leading the charge along with the IWM to the downside. My second favorite market leading indicator, the transports. Canary in the coal mine, where are they going? 10,177, there's a gap, doesn't look like it, but there is. They're going to go fill that gap as long as they have another bad day or two if the market continues to sell. And if they don't stop there, they'll go into the 100 period moving average, but there's support down in here. Now, remember what I said, the transports are a canary in the coal mine. So keep your eye on the transports. Remember some of the other things we discussed. Remember one of the scenarios where the S&P 500 could dip down and then they could reverse. That was one of the scenarios. Remember, into the 20 period moving average, it was another pullback and we take off again to the upside. It's not out of the question. So consider the transports. If you see the transports showing relative strength to the S&P 500, the IWM, the NASDAQ, whatever it is, just keep your eye on the transports. Relative strength will be interesting. A canary in the coal mine goes in both directions. Just something to watch out for. Take notes on that. Write that one down. The Qs out in Silicon Valley. What's going on? Is this in an uptrend or a downtrend from a daily chart perspective? It's still in an uptrend. We were down $1.21.69% or 69 tenths of 1%. Do we draw anything from that? Absolutely not. Above every single moving average. What happens if the other markets do come down a little bit farther, work off some of this overbought condition, if you will, and the technology space or the queues comes down a little bit, maybe into the 220 period moving average. You can see a convergence there, right about 172. And let's say that's all it is. What would that have been? That would be a test or a retest of the last breakout area. Nothing wrong with that. So you have to look at all the markets and decide whether the market really going to fall apart without the technology space falling apart. Unlikely. So you have to look around the horn and say, is this a correction or is this going to be something more? We don't really know yet. I'm trying to give you all the puzzle pieces I'm looking at. See what we need to put on the table. But my point is, if you're not looking at everything, you're leaving opportunity on the table. Opportunity to be on the correct side of trades for one, obviously, but the second component is opportunity to get out of the way when something doesn't smell right. When something starts going against you, you have two options. You use your stops and you lose small and fast, or you start trading or investing on hopium. I choose the former, not the latter. Now, while the daily chart looks bullish, does the hourly chart look bullish or bearish? Well, like I said, the short-term trend or short-term character changed a little bit, so this is more bearish than bullish, dropped below some moving averages, below the 20 and the 50. We're making somewhat of a bearish pattern, could certainly make the case for lower prices. I mean, I can make an easy case that here is a down move, right? And here's a bearish wedge pattern that's now playing out to the downside. Absolutely make that case. Doesn't mean that the entire technology space is going to fall apart, but it means that there could be more downside in the queues along with the rest of the markets, but it doesn't mean that the rally's over just yet. It may be, may not be. We don't necessarily know yet. There are numbers on the downside where if we start trading below, specifically in the S&P 500, 
Those will be triggers and breakpoints. Closing below daily certain numbers bring other numbers into play. So I know all those numbers, or at least I believe I know all those numbers, or most of them anyway. We just take the market one day at a time, one candlestick at a time, one step at a time, that's it. Look at the financials. Now all of a sudden we're below the 20 period moving average. Yesterday we bounced off of it. There was nothing wrong. We were just going sideways, sandwiched in between the 200 and 20 period moving average. All of a sudden it's just changing a little bit, but we're still nowhere near the number I said that was extremely important. 2588. Until and unless we close daily below 2588, there's nothing wrong. It's just a correction. So let's say we came down to 2588. Other markets are at important price levels. What am I doing? I'm trying to be inside of a trade, get into a trade when price matches with time. So if XLF came down near $25.88, $26, I'm going to take a look at where the other markets are, what's going on, how long it took to get there, and I'm going to make a decision whether or not that's a high probability trade at the time. But until and unless we close daily below that level, there's nothing wrong with the XLF. Finally, the SMH comes down a little bit. Now we close the day below the 20 period moving average. I think that's important. I think that speaks to lower prices in accordance with everything else we just discussed across all the other markets. Everything seems to be pointing lower. If something changes and we wake up to a gap up in the morning, that's a different ballgame. But right now, the SMH, which is a pretty good proxy for the tech sector, is indicating lower prices. So in the SMH, we're down 1.77%. In the Qs, we weren't down that much. We were down about the same as the S&P 500. But you see the Q chart doesn't look the same as the SMH. So we have to, again, use our indicators. And I'm not talking about chart indicators. You all know I don't use any of those. But indicators meaning I like to use certain markets as indicators. There's relative weakness in the SMH against the Qs. I take note of that. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. This video is getting long in the tooth. So I'm going to leave gold and I'm going to leave crude oil alone. Gold is up a couple of bucks. Crude oil was down 30 or 40 cents. Not a big deal either way. Here's what I want to leave you with tonight. I get a lot of messages from a lot of different people. I don't mind the messages and I answer all the questions. But here's what I'm going to leave you with. This is really answering a question. A lot of traders look for the home run. Let's say the market comes down 75 or 100 points in one shot and you happen to be short you get a big payday and you're happy about it and life is great that's fine and i hope it happens to everybody whether it's on the upside or the downside i want everybody to have the home run but the reality is it's infrequent you hit the home runs if you focus on the base hits and doubles the home runs and even the triples, they come along the way when you least expect it. You see them in the trades. You see them in the gap trades. You see them in the stocks on the move trades. You see some stocks that all of a sudden go up three, four, five, six dollars in one day. It seems ridiculous. It happens over and over and over again, but you never know when the home runs are going to hit you. You can't be looking for it. Just let it happen. When a, when a hitter in baseball tries to hit a home run, what does he normally do? We all know he normally strikes out. He definitely hits some home runs, but he's not the guy that bats for average. He strikes out a lot, but he can certainly hit a long ball, and he's fun to watch in batting practice. Let me tell you something. You hit base hits and doubles, 
and you wind up in the Hall of Fame. You hit base hits and doubles in the market and you make plenty of money. Focus on base hits and doubles. And with that, I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Music